In the final episode of the series, Carrie receives a call from... Gerard. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, his name is John. I was so close with the Ger. Like Gerard. To... <laughs> you think Mr. Bates' name was Gerard. Gerald Keane was uh, Carrie, Carrie's, <laughs> Carrie's wife. The solicitor from Ireland was, was Carrie's husband. Mr. Big. <laughs> Welcome to Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr and I'm delighted to welcome to studio my guest panellists for this week, former Rose of Tralee entrepreneur and Plan International ambassador Maria Walsh is here and back by popular demand, Paul Ryder is making a return creative director, choreographer, drag artist and you may not know this Maria but Paul is actually a voice note aficionado. What does that mean? (laughs) It means that you are obsessed with voice notes oh. and I'm just going to play a little bit <laughs> I'm just going to play a tiny example of what I deal with on the regular okay oh God. listen to this oh my god I've always wanted to be the executive producer on something Do you know when you watch a television show and you see a famous name as the executive producer that's the dream that and appearing from a stage from the floor if that makes sense like Britney Spears they're two major dreams I have you know not much <laughs> you completely sold me out <laughs> But she That's did it a, in a really endearing way. Endearing is a word. I just prefer to really, if I'm going to say something, I'm yeah. going to say it out loud. Yeah. And that's how I feel. Voice notes are more, my, all my friends are going to listen to this and go, yeah, we have to suffer that. And you know what I love to do? But is it borderline laziness because you don't want to text? Yes. Now we just met, so I shouldn't be saying that, but I'm just asking it. No, it fully, fully is. You're dead. You're, you've got me to a T already. <laughs> but I play this horrible game on my friends, right? Do you know, like, we'll be, and they'll be on a bus and they'll listen to them, but they'll listen to them low. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, I know, yeah, it was really, really bad. And did it would be in mid-conversation. And then out of nowhere, I'll just send one and I'll scream the most obscene word. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'll scream it. And they'll be like, thanks for that. <laughs> I was on a bus and you just said the male anatomy word out loud. Thanks. But I, fi- I, find, I find voice notes so difficult to combat because, Paul, like we met the last time you were on the show and that was the first time that we met. And then since then, we've been WhatsApping and emailing a little bit. And Paul will send voice notes to me like that's how we communicate, but I will never send them back. I will always okay. text back. But does it annoy you that people don't send no, voice notes? No. It feels like a weird disconnect because I feel like you're opening up to me a lot and I'm just like, Lol. I think it's just his laziness of speaking out like I just could be texting. It's not even laziness. It is just it is just the fact that I if I'm gonna say something, you need to hear it in my voice and you need to hear me have the, the passion and determination I have on the subject. If I was bored, I actually would text you. If I did not like you, I would be texting okay. you. But if I do text you, I'm really sorry. <laughs> And if you're a boy I'm texting, I like you too. <laughs> Terms and conditions apply. apply. Yeah, I promise that's the only voice note that I'm going to play out because there were some funnier, yeah. ruder I ones. I think we should say more. Yeah, no, that's what this show will just be. <laughs> will just be Paul Ryder's voice notes. Heard that's a game. new podcast if ever I've yes. heard one. Yes. Okay, so before we kick things off, that will be the last surprise of the show. It is time to play our game. It's called Six Words or Less and it's for our readers and our listeners of Her.ie who may not know who you are so Paul you've done this before so let's hear from you first so six words or less do you remember what you said the last time oh god no it was something about being like fierce and independent but I was having a really good day that day okay (laughs) (laughs) is this going to be really dark no I had something it was singularly independent don't come for my chips that's what it was. Oh, I like I don't that. know. I, I, I just was like singularly independent, but that can mean across the board. Career, love, life. And don't come for my chips. You, you don't eat my chips. 
Yeah. Simple. Lots. Well, I'm glad you made the cup of tea away because I was like, oh, I'll have a little sip halfway through. No, um, my tea, I'm fine But you gave really a lot of thought to this. Don't I was just going for my chips, I yeah. I was just going to do a big, like, culchy GA guan mayo type thing. Go on, do it, do it, do it. No, I have to think there a little oh, bit longer because you, you're going to have to add... Uh, guan Maria, six words or less. Um... Uh, Mayo Proud mm-hmm. Sam Maguire Someday What am I on? Yeah Independent Yeah, 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 yeah. I was hoping she was going to say chips yeah. <laughs> I'm more like carbs I'm like we, we, we'll, we'll do the medium of it Like just the whole Section of chips Pizza uh, I'm on carb cycle And I'm not allowed chips At the minute oh. It's a horrible Horrible affair I'm very angry I nearly ate my dog Two days ago It was all a bit weird <laughs> You're on a what? Carb cycling my tra- oh. I'm with a trainer now And I'm working really hard To get that good Bod. Okay. I just seen you come in here with the baguette. What are you talking How about? How dare you, Marie Walsh? <laughs> Who's your trainer? We need to get him on the phone. <laughs> People are going to think that's true now. It's fantastic. Maria, I can't believe that it was 2014 when you won mm-hmm. the Rose of Tralee. So it actually, it actually seems like yesterday, though. So how has your life changed since winning the competition? Just a uh, big question. Yeah, that's a really... To yeah. start off Well, with. currently, you know, and... and um, I had a birthday earlier on this week. I'm well old. And you realise then just how, whether your life has stalled or or moved at all since the big year. Yeah. That is, a lot of people, when I do Q&As in schools in particular, a lot of people are like, so who were you before 2014? I was like, no, I actually had a, a, like a life. I was living in New York and, and then I moved to Philly. And like, mm. I think I was kind of okay and, and successful in my in my job. And then the rose happened and it just wiped out anything that I had done previously. Oh, that's a bit sad like yeah, to know. say that because yeah. obviously that's not true it didn't yeah, wipe anything like, out but it's a pinnacle moment I is. suppose yeah, yeah. and then, then since then um, you know my, my rose year like next year is our five year anniversary and um, and I say we because it was a huge rose class so we had 65 roses and then our escorts to go suit so and we, we keep touch a lot like quite often um, I'm in Seattle next month for one of our roses that are getting married like that's how close oh, wow. it is true we do we do really, really get on um, but no since then I've been just trying to rediscover who I am what I am in that purposeful adventure called called life as philosophical as that sounds but um, I, I worked throughout my rose year in Philadelphia as well as here so I was doing mostly like five days in Philly and then my weekends in Ireland um, and then I would be here for longer portions maybe a week or two mm. depending on what was going on and um, and it opens your eyes to you know it's a very charitable year so you travel the world in terms of raising awareness and, and particularly you know did a 32 county tour which Ireland is like such a bloody cool county and country yeah, yeah. Uh, Mayo is the best and all those great things um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah just to, throw keep, that keep in keep culture proud um, but then since then then you're just trying to find something that could even match it right? Um, yeah. and, and that's often hard you know yeah. and I decided to move back at the end of my rosier in um, September 2015 and see if I can I guess be lucrative at all in any of the opportunities that I would have had throughout my rosier and it's hard like it's hard it's a hard old, it's a hard old country to come back to um, and have what you think like financial and business and and career success that you previously were building to I suppose Um, it's kind of one of those things of like what do you quantify success as you know and Mm -hmm. I I think like if you get to a point in your life when you've achieved something that is pretty much celebrated across the country like Rose of Tralee no matter what people say about it it's like the yearly love island everybody everybody watches Mm -hmm. it everybody talks about it everybody everybody knows who those eventual winners are and who those people who stood out 
in that moment exactly are, like yeah. yeah so I mean I'm sure that it is kind of a bit of a come down after something like that as well it is it is you do you, you come off you, you know you come off this crazy year and you know if you ask a lot of my international row sisters they're like you know a lot of them are like well I was glad the 12 months were over because you know you're tired from it or you're just you're just exhausted really mm. because you're going like 365 days at a speed that you 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 really wouldn't have done before whereas for me I was I was delighted it was over but I had achieved anything that was thrown at me mm. and I was so proud of that. it was like it was it was one of those moments and 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 I always say oh if something happens and it works out I'm like oh yeah it's grand but sure next time am I not you know I'm very Debbie Downer when it comes to my own personal achievements if that makes if that makes sense whereas that year finishing handing over the crown to Alicia Brennan I was like you know what that's we did okay. Yeah, like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty okay with how that went, and yeah. anything that was a good opportunity for the festival or my Rose Sisters or the centre as a whole, um, yeah, I just kind of ran with it. Do, would you say that the Rose of Trilly is a beauty pageant, or would you call it more like you called it there a festival? Like, yeah, what? no, I would never, um, I would never call it a beauty. It's not pageant. called a beauty pageant. No, it was, uh, you know, and and I'm very respectful. I just, I just had breakfast with a mate who absolutely argues every time. Uh, Shauna Cook, she argues every time that the festival is an anti-feminist um, beauty pageant Trump-esque type situation, and she's more annoyed. Like she goes on these amazing rants, and she's more annoyed because she feels she can't apply to be uh, a rose. She's now outside the age restrictions which I always remind her of um, but for me <laughs> we, we, get it, we get into these really big debates about it and I was like you know I have to and I have to respect everybody who says it's for their for their perspective it is a beauty pageant where for, for me being at the heart of it um, it really is a celebration of who you are and what you are and each year you get yeah you get a girl with wearing a crown and a sash but her mm. stories are so different you know and her chapters are so different and whether she involved if she's involved in volunteerism or she happens to be studying to do art therapy or she loves sports or whatever it may be you know she is talking about her story and yeah. her chapters and, and I mean it's not and it's a celebration of that and it's not like toddlers and tiaras like let's no. be, let's be honest no. those those tv shows that come out of america are kind of frightening mm. but i mean it's it's in no way like that and i think rose of trilly has evolved over the years like what whatever it started as it's definitely become like kind of something i think different yeah, well, now it was a really, yeah it was uh, it was a really smart idea because we next year we celebrate 60 years of the festival mm-hmm. which is relatively young but it is in terms of irish festivals it's quite old um, but it started as a business opportunity so people of Trilly came together a couple five or six um, business owners within within the town and Killarney at that point even was a tourism haven mm. so they're trying to find something that would tie people together um, and women were at the heart of that conversation and six years later they have over I think I think the town generates there they're about 7 million yeah. um, 250,000 wow. people come to Trilly for various reasons so from a business point of view you're kind of you got to give it applause for that mm. I think anything that lasts 60 years mm. deserves recognition and what's the age restriction? Um, I still have time yeah yeah it's uh, 18 to uh, next year they're going to change 18 to 28 so oh. yeah um, oh. oh well <laughs> I won't be a rose of Trilly but then escort <laughs> Uh, it's uh, the 21 to 31. Oh. I could just do it if we can do it this year. What do you think of the Rose of Trilly? Are you I, a fan? I love it. And you know what? Fun fact, I once danced on... <gasps> 
the Rose of Tralee. No way. Uh, Don't surprise me. I'm a stage school brat. Right. And obviously they've got different events throughout Mm -hmm. throughout the course of the week and stuff like that. And the stage school I was with, we danced to, you're going to be like, Mystique's Scandalous. Can't. So, 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 so scandalous. scandalous. Yeah. We danced to that. And of course, I was the only boy. And we wore, do you remember the, li- do you remember the Liberty Hall, Liberty Hall, Liberty X trousers that had the, the, oh, the, the streamers, bits coming out the them. streamers that yeah, came and out. And me and all the girls had to wear them. And we had this singer who was from Tralee. I don't know what. We were just told, you're going to go down and dance. And we danced. And I was shown for a whole 0.4 seconds. <laughs> wow. In a, in a compilation. The, did you enjoy the experience? Of I it? loved it. No. I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, you are the only Rose of Tralee that I remember. And I think that you put the, comp- put not the competition, no, put no, the festival okay. yeah. on the map. And I think that, you have to say that because I'm, I'm, I, I promise you I wouldn't eat your chips. Like, this I think is very true. But no, but I, I swear to God, Maria Walsh is the, is the one Rosa mm-hmm. that I remember. And mm-hmm. I obviously also remember you being the kickoff point with regards to Ireland and having an open conversation about being gay and about and about all that sort of stuff because it was like it it was something that shouldn't have been said. Yeah. But you said it. Oh, and for us then to I be able to go. I think people were more shocked that I was a pioneer so I'm a teetotaler and never drank alcohol. Oh yeah. People, so I think people, yeah. I'm not talking to you over that <laughs> no, one. No. People still don't you know. understand that. I'm just like it's how many years later I'm just like what? Yeah I think people were more shocked they were like but she's gay who cares I'm, but she doesn't drink we need to talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Let's sit down and have a chat. I never trust drag queens who don't drink. <laughs> You know, because I just find it a weird situation. But Maria, that was part of your story around becoming the Rose, though, because I think it was five days after um, you were crowned that you came out. Yeah. Was, was that something that you kind of thought was really important to tell as part of your story? But I would say it was important for it not to be your whole story as well. Yeah, like, you know, it's, so, it's, it's a bizarre experience when you, when someone calls you and, um, and it was handled so brilliantly because I, 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 I felt I needed to control this before it got became someone else's story yeah. and talking about me in, in third person um, but I got a call the next day uh, VR comms manager for the festival and it was a, it was a really great reporter from from the sun um, and she goes listen you know word on the street is you're you're gay and I was like all right yeah but I was so blasé because it's you know I had been out for a couple of years at the time I wasn't in a relationship so I think if you're in a relationship you might correct me then you're yeah. like this is my partner whereas for me I was literally there talking about Mayo for Sam Maguire more times than I would ever talk about my sexuality and then I made the decision to become a pioneer I didn't make a decision to become gay that's just who I am yeah. Yeah. so I always introduce myself as that so my sexuality becomes less and less a part of my introduction because it's just it's just yeah. who I am um, but I remember it, it, com- it, it. I was being asked and my one stipulation was you know if you don't list all the things that makes me me like I was so bold I was like I'll never give an interview ever again because it is imperative that the first conversation people see of me is my whole self and not just my Mm -hmm. sexuality but it is most bizarre when you see you know Rosa Tralee I'm gay across the oh banner God. ad in the news yes, that, because no what. matter what the yes. headlines were going to read that Maria because in terms of like journalism and stuff I'm sure that it was handled with the utmost respect obviously do you know like your sexuality like you said mm-hmm. it's who you are but buzzwords um, sell papers but buzzwords yeah, sell yeah. papers so it, it was I was just I thought they might be a little bit more punish you know like oh just something Cool. No, it was always going to be Rose of Tralee, Tralee dot, I'm, dot, I'm gay. Yeah, like, it was I mean, never going to be. It was never yeah. going to be anything else. I mean, was that, a, was that like, no, affronting you, for you? Or no, were you and your no. family like, all right, okay, well, they 
they know like there's they not know, a big but deal. like you know I was so I, I had I had I remember changing because it was coming out on the Sunday I had given the interview on the on like I was crying on the Tuesday and I gave the interview I think Thursday morning and then it was coming out Sunday and I remember you know I didn't even the cheek of me I didn't even say to my folks like okay this is going to come out and what's our thoughts here should we meet as a collective group you know and we're quite, right. quite a close family but you know it was as if I was I was crowned and then I just moved into some new phase of that confident person because I was carrying a little bit of a weight from from an ambassador in a role um, but I remember it it came out and I said to my mum I was like nobody's going to make noise about this like who gives a flying bejesus if you're gay or not enter Ireland yeah, <laughs> yeah. but she, she was like well and I remember being in a hotel room on the Monday morning say it came out Sunday and Monday morning and the Ireland AM were on and they were going through the newspapers and I was like it won't be on any of this and I was flicking and next thing 10 of the 11 Newspapers of oh this God. great country. I was, I was there, and I said, "Well, shame on the eleventh. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Shame on the eleventh." Who was that? That didn't cover oh, that story. Grand. And then I was flying back. The Times. A, I was flying back a day later, back to Philadelphia to kind of pick up my my life there. Um, but I remember sitting on the plane, going, "I should, probably should have hung around for a couple of extra days." just to make sure my folks are right. But no, they handled it with... If, if it was new to everybody, then I, I think I would have been, yeah. you know, like hand-holding my folks going like, all right, this is You were out to your right. family. You just weren't out to the entire country, which, to be fair, is not required. Yeah. No. Yeah. Was it a conscious decision, sorry, was it a conscious decision for you not to say anything about your sexuality prior to not being all. crowned? Not if at all. If that question had come mm. to you in the run-up, say, Dahi O'Shea went to the mad and went, come here, girl, yeah. you gay. Like, yeah. would that have been okay for you to be like, Oh yeah, for sure. And I get asked that a lot, you know. And 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 when I it was announced that Philadelphia was crying the rose tree, my face dropped. And people often at the time were like, "Oh, is because you're like my story, my whole gay story, my hidden story." I was like, "Not at all." I was more thinking my boss is going to have an absolute heart attack because yeah. I promised him I'm going to Ireland for ten days and I'll never take a vacation time ever again. Yeah, and it'll be all oh, fun. No. It was more instantly like, and I knew they were watching in in, in the studio that I was managing in Philly, and I, that was my first initial reaction. Going, oh god who's going to kill me and then it didn't actually hit me that my gayness would be even a, a, a <laughs> point of conversation it was just the practical until, element yeah, yeah yeah you know wow. but look at me I'm a raging gay you're I'm a raging really homosexual <laughs> yeah 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 so it is pride month obviously mm-hmm. um, so it's celebrated around the world and there's going to be festivals across the country uh, we're going to be talking to the organiser of Cork Pride in a little while um, so I mean pride can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people so I just want to ask you both what does pride mean to you? Oh, um, pride, pride. Don't steal my chips. Don't steal my chips. <laughs> this whole episode l- is just going to be called "Don't steal my chips." After a long day of drag, uh, pride for me lately. Pride for me has changed in the last couple of years. Pride in Dublin, which is where I was based for many, many years, and I would perform many, many years, was mainly about seeing my friends and being accepted on the streets and being able to walk the streets holding hands with whoever I wanted to and not having to worry. That kind of changed when the when the marriage referendum got passed because I feel that now anyway. And like I say, the weight was lifted from my shoulders, and I just feel so comfortable in my own city now. For me, I am blessed with the opportunities that I've been given to be able to tour the country. I'm hosting Cork Pride this year, which I know you're talking about later. I'm hosting parts of Belfast and I think I'm allowed to say that I'm hosting parts of Dublin Pride this year, which for me is a massive, massive thing. But to be able to go to all these different cities and to meet different people that I never get to meet because I'm always stuck in Dublin or I'm always stuck in whatever and to be able to spend the day and not in a nightclub screaming over a thing. Right. And meeting like the younger generation. I know this sounds so preachy, but... 
I teach kids for a living so meeting young kids who are able to have the chats and go oh my god I just have those conversations is the best bit about so Pride for me. So it's a real sense of community that you Yeah because I say happy Pride at least six times a year yeah. to, to completely different uh, audiences but it is it's the before and after that I absolutely love to be able to see different cities react to to their own gayness in their own town. But you said about the weight on your shoulders as well like you said that after the marriage referendum mm. um, that the, you felt like the weight had been lifted yeah. so it, was that palpable before? Like did you feel like there was a, a huge amount of in, in Dublin specifically because you were here within your own community? Yeah I think I think maybe Maria will agree with this like the, the week of the referendum and even after the vote we've encountered people were coming up to me going are you okay how do you feel are you alright mm. and it wasn't because it was just my battle but because, mm. but it was a battle for, for the for the country itself so there was that massive massive build up of tension to go how are my country going to vote how yeah. are the people who I rely for something on something that affects me yeah. affects me and not just me my family my mm. friends my possible kids that I may have so there was a massive massive weight on the shoulders and literally like the joy in Dublin no matter where you oh, were yeah. I was working I was teaching the whole day and even then like my kids who knew about it who from the ages of 8 to mm. like whatever 21, 22 were like oh my god they passed the vote you can get married now and they didn't understand it a lot of the younger ones mm. but they got it they got the message Maria what about you what does pride mean to you because obviously you know it's not all just about rainbow flags yeah. and, and you know having a great festival and having a great day and stuff like that like this is about minority groups struggling through history so I mean and something that started back in the 60s in New York that's kind of where the Pride Festival originates so what does it mean to you? Yeah, Well first and foremost this is my first Pride What? Isn't that disgraceful? Your first Dublin Pride? Your first Dublin it's, Pride It is For years I ha- I went to the Philly Pride Parade a couple of years ago but this yeah in Ireland because I was always travelling right. and the time of um, Rosa Tree uh, mm. my year I was in Australia I want to say for the actual um Count. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I'm really excited just to sit back, relax, and kind of take in all yeah. the energy. Um, I got into a good debate with Margot Slattery of Sodexo, who is a lifelonger um, in terms of uh, human rights activist for, for LGBTQers. And she, we were talking about pride and, and I said I hope it just moves into a place where love is love and then we see so many generations and it's not just what people stigmatise what gay pride looks like you mm. know but it's it's around education and it's around people seeing like for me I remember even with Rosa Tree they're like but you don't typically look like you're a gay person I'm mm. like but well, what does that even mean yeah. so you're trying to lift perceptions of what you know, like I have, I have friends who are married, who who are lesbians who are married with kids, um, and they love coming to prides because you know they bring their kids and people see like, oh, like hang on, like you've younger generations as you had said, and you see people of all different um, beliefs and backgrounds coming together, and that's what I love about pride. So that's what I'm really looking forward to, kind of taking it all in for yeah. for this. So pride. it's not just one typical type that you're meant to represent so it's about lifting that off yeah and I I think the more people like with with any sort of um, momentum in terms of media Mm -hmm. you know I I love kind of taking in their stories because there is an uh, there is a weight you know that you're you're out and you're you're celebrating and you're showcasing what 
what that means for people because you know for years people fought fought yeah. really hard but there still is a fight like you know mm. people say oh god uh, why do you need pride now that the marriage referendum has been passed there's still so many communities like trans rights communities and tra- the mm. trans community in general are still fighting just to be recognised yeah. in their own skin so I think that that's why we have it to support our brothers and sisters of the trans community as well and from different minorities and you know communities and uh, from all over the country to go we're still fighting this hasn't stopped yeah. and you know we're still on a road to to, to being in that comfortable yeah, and, zone and even on an international front you know you'd mentioned there I'm a plan ambassador and I have been for a few years you know in, in a short plane journey anywhere in Africa it's illegal mm. to be um, gay it's you're you're imprisoned or you're you're stoned to death in in many cultures um so from uh, and we have young people in in not just in dublin but in the country as well who don't feel comfortable enough to say who they are and bring their whole self be it to work or be mm. it to school so i think from that you continuously have to show awareness to it and then i i just seen um that on sunday i think sunday the 25th of this month um they're celebrating 25 years of the decriminalization of homosexuality like it's just 25 years ago that this country I know sometimes that's, yeah. that's terrifying to think of yeah. isn't that's it? very you know when you look at you know I, I, I was talking to my dad earlier this morning and, and I was telling him about that and he goes oh 25 years like that's that's not that far away or mm-hmm. far long, long ago, ago yeah. and I said yeah like can you imagine because my younger brother's gay too two out of four in our house really <laughs> go on the gays yeah oh. um, uh, but two like I you know and I said it to him in the sense that two of us wouldn't have been openly able to express who they are like that's 25 years is nothing Mm. it's nothing there is lots of things happening all around the country for this month and around the world as well so Pride officially kicks off in Dublin on Thursday the 21st of June and it ends on Saturday the 30th of June so in Galway it's the 13th to the 19th of August in Limerick it's the 2nd of July until the 8th of July so you really just have to google it and find out all the information um, there so, are some whopper uh, events though, there are some in, amazing in events and I'm going to get into the events but <laughs> some people have said in the past that this nation can be slightly Dublin centric you'll probably agree with me on that one Maria 100% we're well, terrible we up Mayo go, go on, on the big smoke. go on the big smoke. <laughs> so I don't believe in myself but I wanted to find out about another huge pride festival which is taking place in August so I caught up with Joanne Hegener, I probably said her name wrong. I'm Hegner, so no, you didn't. Did, did I you're do right? right. Yeah, okay, you're fantastic. Right. <laughs> Who is the marketing executive of the Cork Pride Festival earlier on in the week? Okay, so we are talking about Pride this week and the Cork Festival is taking place on the August bank holiday because contrary to what some people think, not me, but life does happen outside of Dublin. So I'm joined on the line now by Joanne Hegener, who is the marketing executive of Cork Pride. Joanne, did I say it right? You did, girl. You did. Yes, yes. (laughs) Delighted. You're very welcome to the show. So thanks for coming on. So before we get into the nitty gritties of the actual festival and what's going on, can you tell us a little bit of history about Pride in Cork? Yeah, 100%. So um, Cork Pride is a non-profit organisation, first of all, that consists of a diverse range of individuals covering the whole LGBT spectrum. We volunteer in this organisation with a mission to like celebrate the diverse culture of Cork's LGBT plus community. So like for, um, we provide like loads of events and functions where we all engage in educational and like cultural activities throughout the week. Um, we are like trying to always create awareness, but we also like celebrate how the country is always moving towards equality, you know. Um, we had our first 
ever um, Pride Parade in 2006, which had about 200 people and one float. This was really groundbreaking for our country because at the time, many committees attempted to have a parade, but felt that Cork wasn't really ready. But um, they took the plunge January in 2006 and they've never looked back since, which is great because the parade and festival have grown year to year. We've gone from strength to strength. So each year we have like a new theme as well. So um, we always want to highlight both struggles and achievements that we've had in our community. And it's great because like going from 200 people in 2006, now we have over 10,000 people marching in our parade in 2017. So it's just fantastic. That's incredible. So tell tell me though, Joanne, this festival then, it is for everyone as well. We were talking about this a little bit with Paul and with Maria as well there. So it's really about celebrating inclusion. You don't have to be gay in order to participate in Cork Pride. Isn't that right? No, 100% not. It's about community, you know, like we're always fighting for equality and equality is everyone, not just a certain group of people. Like we're always fighting for different communities, not just LGBT, for anybody's community you know and we run events throughout the week and they're all inclusive so anybody can come be it straight be it gay be it trans be it plus being whatever you identify as or whatever your sexuality is it doesn't matter we want it to be completely inclusive so what can we expect then give us a little bit of information about the actual lineup for quirk pride so this year we have an amazing lineup, and we're running events from the 29th of July to the 5th of August. So on the Sunday, we ha- the 29th, we have our annual family, LGBT family, straight families, everyone's family. But as a community, we are all family. So we just celebrate this. We've just an acts playing. We've the Lord Mayor coming on the Monday. We'll have the well-being night with taking care of yourself and you know making sure that everything's okay and you know it's about talking and then on the Tuesday we'll have the cinema night which is a bit of history about the LGBT and also um, it's just a bit of crack you know there's a there's a popcorn machine that's probably the only reason I go yes <laughs> but um, <laughs> I know right and then on the Wednesday we will have the coming out talk and this event is actually amazing We've had such amazing, inspirational people come over the years um, where we'd be the first people that they actually come out to or they could come with um, uh, their mother or their father or whatever figure they have and they get to just talk. Nobody judges. It's a safe zone. It's confidential. You know, we're all in a group. We all support each other. Like, I cried last year. It sounds incredible. Amazing. So on the Thursday, um, we have the Remembrance Night. And we have a treasure hunt happening as well. So with the treasure hunt, it's about the history as well. It's a bit of fun. There might be a few spot prizes here and there. I definitely know I'm entering anyway. <laughs> um, but the remembrance night is so significant. Um, it's about remembering those people in our community and in the country and over the world that have lost their lives for fighting for their rights. And, you know, we want to celebrate the life they had and celebrate what they've given us today. And then on the Friday, we have our famous barbecue. This is going to be so much fun this year. I can't release too much about it because it's going to be released maybe next week okay. on our magazine and social media. But this night is going to be something you don't want to miss. 
also on the Saturday at uh, one of the parks in town, we have a complete Pride Village organised. So we'll have music, we'll have a bit of karaoke, we'll have an area where there's going to be a few events on. We might have a few egg and spoon races, you never know. Um, there's going to just be some well-being things happen as well, you know, a bit of yoga, you know, relaxing, talking to people you haven't seen in a while or celebrating with your family or just having a bit of fun, you know. And on the Sunday... So this is one of the biggest days, of course. So we will have our parade on the Sunday where we have tens of thousands of people coming. They're going to march through the parade. We're all going to have so much fun. We're going to shout out from the heavens and just be like, this is me, which actually this year is our team. I, I haven't mentioned this, this year. Is me. This year is this is me. Yeah, amazing. So it's about being you. Have fun. You know, the best person you can be is yourself. So let's just celebrate that. And um, after the parade, we have our after party, which we're so blessed to have Paul Ryder host this year. What an absolute superstar! Yeah, and, he is. He is um, a superstar. Oh my God, superstar! Like, and the nicest guy ever. And he also, um, they're going to bring loads of our amazing Cork uh, drag queens as well. They are so talented and so great to have our community as well involved. And we have a few other acts, we have a few music acts like the Gloomy Judges, and then we have our Red FM DJs performing. And it's just going to be a day of fun, laughter, celebration. We were actually um, a great week. We were actually talking to Paul earlier on, and he he's so excited to host. And uh, it sounds like it's going to be great fun. But in particular, in terms of his entrance, he did say that he wants to make a really big entrance. And he actually <laughs> a dream of his from childhood has been to pop up from the ground like a toaster entrance. So do you think that's going <laughs> to do you think that would be a possibility, or can I tell him that maybe you'll work on it? Um, you know what? We won't rule out anything at this stage. Fantastic. The bigger, the better. Exactly. The bigger, the better. And finally, Joanne, before I let you go, where can people go to get more information on the festival? So they can actually go on our Facebook page, which is Cork Pride. Then we have our Instagram, which is at Cork Pride uh, 2018. And we also have our website, which is just www.corkpride.ie. Fantastic. Joanne Hegener, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, so we're back. <laughs> I was sending you a voice note. <laughs> Paul, you're so famous. So Give over. You're emceeing the Cork Pride. Or tell me, what are you doing with Cork Pride? I, that was Joanne there. So that's uh, kicking off in August. So we're very excited about that. I am so excited. Last year, I got to perform at Cork Pride, which was unbelievable. Um, and then as... But ju- I was just before the Ireland's Got Talent stuff had kind of kicked off. Yeah. I got the call to be like, would you be interested? in hosting Cork Pride and I was like oh my god because I've been to these events for years and years and years and I've always been like oh you know fourth or second in the running order or you know I might be doing something later on that evening and I've watched the hosts being like that to me is the dream to to be able to do something like that so when I get the call to do that I was like oh my god I'm going to host Cork Pride this and are they going to cut a hole in the floor for you to well the stage is big enough so Joanne if you're still listening um, yes please (laughs) I I mean I just think that it's your time to appear through a hole Uh, they call it a toaster lift oh okay I asked could we do it in this studio and not yet but maybe yeah my agent is going to give you a call about that one it's fine (laughs) no I don't have an agent I just saw the McQueen documentary Um, looks I'm dying to see it it's phenomenal but he um, at one point uh, later on the doc he 
he comes up and it was his it was his one thing he wanted to do see McQueen the bejesus out of court I am going to McQueen the bejesus out of court <laughs> I, I feel like if you God. get married one day you won't want to like walk down the aisle or something I feel no. like you'll want a toaster entrance if I get married it will be the Madonna Britney and Christina performance in the VMAs several several years ago oh uh, everybody comes to Hollywood yes I do thank you so much so I will raise myself from the floor <laughs> do you know the thing is like I actually think that's going to happen I like think he so said too. it with such yeah <laughs> exactly why are you all doubting me like that's going to happen so do you have your set list figured out then what are you going to do like do you know are you going to perform as well I know you're hosting hosting but... um, oh come here I'll have to bang out a few tunes you as well will. and no doubt it'll be bang bang for that which I, which I did on the live show because uh, everyone's sick of hearing it but I'm like no no listen to my song I'm that one who's like do you know they're like oh we've no spots to perform but I do have a backing track thank you so much oh amazing so uh, yeah listen um, I'm hoping to bring my dances down I'm hoping to bring the full show because I am like I say I'm kind of doing a tour this year of over the summer of all the different kind of pride parades and stuff and myself and my team are putting together our summer show fantastic haven't got a name for it so please tweet us a name or if you yeah. know a name um, so yeah I'm kind of so I'm free together. that weekend if you want to invite yeah. me to it because I've been trying to see Paul in drag since I invited him on the first time I actually told him to come in drag the first time and he just won't do it for me so because I, I we really record just, this very really early dis- that's really disappointing just do it Why won't I mean you just for the love for of me? your audience as a, mm. as, as a drag would you not want to present you know who myself look forwards. at this GoPro it's so close to your face <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> which means it would see every horrible little hateful line that I do no horrible. when I do my he drag baby ass skid over here I'm like, I'm like looking at him from a side profile and going oh he's just no, beautiful see, Marie, the problem is he's way too famous now so I'm not going to be <laughs> would you say because my friends will think I told you to say that because but you did we remember a... off air you said make sure oh yeah, you were gosh. eating your baguette <laughs> this is a farce this is a farce I am out the door slam no because my friends we, there's, a, there's a joke the girls with goals, yeah. there's a joke with my friends like, I've never had a walkout before that would be but this should be done in the most catwalk you know epic gayness way you know, just I'll just drop to the floor I'll drop to the floor smoke lights and like oh Fortuna playing under <laughs> overneath me like wild. Maniac 2000 playing hey 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 you're from Mayo not me <laughs> obviously Cork Pride is something to not miss um, so we're going to change the subject slightly we're going to talk a little bit about something else now so we always like to talk a little bit about what's being said around the office and we were all quite shocked recently when we realised that Sex and the City turned 20 God. Oh. Were you fans of the show? If not, this conversation is going to be over and we're going to talk about Pride again. Absolutely. Four strong, independent women Mm -hmm. who are like dealing with daily life and also talking about sex because I didn't know about sex. Well, I did know about sex, but I didn't understand. So to have a kind of Samantha character, I was like, Oh, somebody openly talking I love how about of all four. That's the first character you mentioned. That yeah, just judgment says is everything real. about me. <laughs> Maria, which one would you be? Um, it's like the classic question. Yeah, I kind of, I, like, I love if I was cool enough to be like uh, a Carrie Brock. Like, I love if I was that, but I wasn't. Uh, you she know, was I'm kind not. of annoying though. Like Carrie was. She's uh, annoying, but like she she's does. Very self-involved. So self-involved. She was quite mm. self-involved. I, I always like to take a little bit of Everybody. of everyone because I always liked Miranda's career ethic mm-hmm. I always thought that she was such a great worker I like that Miranda not when we what's the what's the what's the Charlotte. Boor, what's the Charlotte. boring one Charlotte I always like not boring but I liked that she was a bit she like she was like the rose yeah, of yeah the she was yeah. mediocre she yeah. was a bit 
guy. <laughs> mediocre as a woman. And then Samantha, who was just like, strap me down. You, you know? see, I loved her because she was a big business bitch. Like, she mm. literally had every confidence about everything she did, and including her business. She was PR, which I live for I live for that side of media and that side of the backstage stuff shocking I know (laughs) so I loved all that so she really kind of like was I was drawn drawn to her not just because she was an absolute mm. filth bag as well. I know that was, that was an added uh, that was an added advantage. She actually got quite. I think she had some stick as well because I remember some episodes. There were times when Carrie was a Carrie or Carrie. What was Carrie? It? Carrie. When she kind of judged her a little bit about her sexual promiscuity, I think there was one time when she walked in on her while Samantha was visiting a postman's downstairs area. (laughs) You um, described that so well. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. I promised my mom I wouldn't say blowjob. So yeah, she was just having a little visit downstairs and then Carrie walked in and then it became this big thing where she was like, you judged me. Yeah. So, like these were the things that I loved about Sex and the City. It actually dealt with friendship as well yeah. as yeah. like sex and careers and, and all and that, that kind of stuff. And side of it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that it should be, and it's funny because I asked the lads in here um, whether or not they watch Sex and the City. Did they? No, it was a firm no. Lies. From, from both, both of lies. you are lying because yeah. there were some hot scenes with boobies in them. Yeah. So I know the two they of you. They watched the L word though just not Sex and the City yeah. oh the L word yes. yes but no Sex and the City I thought it was funny when they both said no but then they kind of were like I mean I'd watch it because it was on like a late night kind of marathon it'd be on in the background I'm like so you did watch Sex and the City background nobody watches anything in the background late at night <laughs> calm down boys <laughs> so Paul you know how much I love a quiz Oh, you love a quiz. I'm I, always awful at it. I love oh, a I quiz. Oh, I won the last one. I was oh, against Tara Stewart. No, I'm going to so fail this I don't one. know how well you guys are going to do, but this is basically how well do you remember Sex and the City because okay. it should be remembered. It's up there with The Sopranos, in my opinion. Can anyway. we do a RuPaul's quiz when I come on the next time, please? Sure, Thank of you. course. <laughs> Um, I love how you take one quiz and you're like, I'm going to 100% reform this. This is what <laughs> I will be doing. <laughs> oh, Maria, the last quiz we he did. He did come in eating a baguette, lads and ladies. Like, just so you know. Stop it. With a big old cheese baguette. <laughs> the baguette's getting bigger with, with chips. more. With, with chips. chips on the inside. <laughs> okay. Okay, serious. Quiz face. Um. Mm-hmm. In the first ever. Ep- Ooh, I'm going to do a quiz voice. Um. <clears throat> no, I can't do that. <laughs> in the first ever episode of Sex in the City. Whose birthday is it? I will give you both the opportunity to answer. Carrie's. I thought it was Miranda's. No, I'm wrong. Maybe it was Carrie's. Can you I said hear? Miranda, you're taking your first answer. Okay. Who, got, who got that? I, I love how he's just termed in conditions and produced this one. Executive. Executive produced. <laughs> the answer is Miranda. Maria, that is one point. I am out. <laughs> We've got to walk off early on. We're only doing two questions, so you have to stay. How many great loves does Charlotte say that each person gets in their lifetime? Oh, she's so cute and wrong. I'm going to say okay, she sorry, said... Okay, sorry, given options. One, zero, two or five. How many great loves does Charlotte think that you get in a lifetime? Maria, I'm going to go to you first. I'm going to say two great loves. Okay. I'm going to be controversial and say one. One, Okay. 
Dumb. Maria is smashing it. It is oh. too great love. I'm sorry. I'm she just, wins I'm everything. I'm just going to stand here and yeah, wait. Yeah, I know. Oh, like, she's doing a rose wave. She wins wave. Literally. Now she wins <laughs> yeah. this cute, like, Do you know, actually, quiz. I don't know how I got that right because I don't think, yeah. yeah I win I'm nothing. So proud Do you agree with that? Two great loves of your life? Where's the tin of USA biscuits to say I just won? <laughs> the, the, I wish I had a sash to give you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had the foresight to have a sash, unfortunately. Do you, like, two but, great loves? What do you think? I think that's true. I think it's kind of but it's how in the you, ballpark. But I, I, I'm interpreting two great loves as two very, very different things. Maybe mm. I don't think you get two like loves of your life. I don't think you get like two. Yeah, I'd agree with that one. I think you, yeah, I think during the portion of where you're like I say transitions, like um, like you're moving into a new phase of who you are, and you meet someone, and they mm. bring you in a different path, or they bring you up a little bit different. But there is there is a thing of yeah, of that I've one had great I've had different relationships who have brought completely different things. And I remember at the end of one, I think I'm never going to love like this again. And actually, I would mourn that because I think I'm never going to love again. And then you fall in love again and you actually find something completely different. Mm. I find love so interesting because it's a weird psychological thing. And I think it's in keeping with, have you ever heard when, when women give birth, it's really painful, I've heard. And they say that instantly you forget the pain because all the love comes in for the child. And that's why, like, obviously women have, like, more babies because they forget the pain. When you go through, like, a heartbreak or something like that, I think that you forget about all the bad things that happened in it. And you only think about the amazing parts, even though there was something why that relationship didn't work. But you always remember the good times, even though actually that person was probably a bit of a dick. Completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. completely. You're you're, you're dead right that you you mourn the good. So I just compared love to childbirth. <laughs> cool. So just know. marry me. And we were, we, we were Sign about, me up. We were talking about Sex in the City less than two minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to circle back real quick. So how do we find out Mr. Big's real name? Final question. So the options are when he calls Carrie's phone, his business card, his ex-wife calls him by his real name, or we don't. How do we find out Mr. Big's real name? The phone call. I think it's the ex-wife. Ooh, okay. Maria's going to go with the ex-wife. I hope I get three added. I hope you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Paul, who is meant to be a fan of the show, gets one right. Yes. <laughs> In the final episode of the series, Carrie receives a call from... Gerard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, his name is John. I was so close with the Jer. <laughs> like you Jared. To... <laughs> you think Mr. Big's name was Jared? Gerald Keane was uh, Carrie, Carrie's, <laughs> Carrie's wife. The solicitor from Ireland was, was Carrie's husband. Mr. Big. Gerald Keane. Gerald. Oh, Gerald. <laughs> I don't think anybody can fall in love with a Gerald. Hey, what about Jer? <laughs> I know a sexy Jer. I would never scream his name as Gerald, though. You know, oh, Gerald. It's very hard for me to come back from this. Okay, um, well done, Maria. You are the winner. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. Yeah. But I think the real winner is Gerald, let's be honest. Completely just stole the show, and he's not even present. Not even here. 
Okay, so finally for this episode, I'm going to let you go now. So it is time for our tweet of the week where we take a viral tweet. This is new, Paul. We've only started doing thinking. this in the last couple of weeks. So we take a viral tweet and we discuss it. So last week it was a Love Island tweet and this week it is a Love Island tweet as well because the whole point of this it's about to is say to how I haven't, I haven't I've never seen it. Oh, Maria, oh. this is fantastic. I'm so glad that you haven't seen it because I think there needs to be somebody in this conversation who hasn't seen it because I know you have. I've seen it but I'm really not a big fan of this year. Are you serious? Oh God, I'm I'm watching but I'm like, I'm getting to that point of where I'm like, oh, I don't think I can do it anymore. So this is the thing about this show. So the whole point about the tweet of the week is to to tap into like a cultural moment, right? Which mm-hmm. is happening in the country mm-hmm. and in the world. So you just go into moments on Twitter and you just see what is getting the most traction. Mm-hmm. So it is the voiceover guy this week, Ian Sterling is his name. Hilarious. So he's, his Twitter handle is at Ian Does Jokes. He's very funny. Um, so he tweeted, EL 100% doesn't take off his wristband as soon as he leaves a festival. Hashtag Love Island. <laughs> I mean... Totally. I, I know a lot of people like that. It has yeah. 27,000 likes. It has something crazy like 10,000 retweets tweets and stuff like that but it kind of nails them. but if you haven't watched it then you wouldn't understand that that is exactly who EL is but you obviously know people you just said there you know people who are like that they'll go to a festival and they'll wear it and they'll like, they'll have and extra they'll movements wave. with their hands yeah like, Dermot, how many festival things do you have on your wrist at the moment no no offence by the way but <laughs> no but he's like he's not that sort of guy he, he's that sort of guy who just leaves it on because he can't be asked to take it off yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Whereas Eyal is the type of guy who's like, oh my god, y'all, I went to this festival, it was so much fun. Yeah. I went to this festival in 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was so much fun. But tell me, Maria, is it a conscious decision because you have to kind of go out of your way not to watch Love Island, I feel like. Do you know what? Like, just... Do you hate it? Uh, the, sh- the shows like that just upset me. Yeah, And I, on, they upset us. me in the sense of, I'm very much in this space where, oh, just humanity is all f. C-U-K'd and we're like moving away from that fake reality and I can feel Paul about to shoot me and hit me with his baguette but like (laughs) um, I I, you know for shows but then they're so conversational so if you don't know anything about them then there is a case where many's like this and you're you're almost you know people are pointing fingers going but what's wrong with your life that you don't however I'm watching reruns of the Gilmore Girls so like I'm kind of oh you need more help than we can ever help you with I know I (laughs) know to be honest with you I didn't watch it last year and I didn't watch it out of because the year before I got like a little bit too obsessed with it so I definitely I went out of my way not to watch it last year and honestly like in the media you'd be struggling to find things to talk about it's it's that like reality shows or then like with with that specific in mind or Mm. else Donald Trump and I'd much prefer to talk about Love Island than him hey as soon as Love Island started I loved last year and I hadn't watched it at all before that so I fell in love with it last year so much so that I turned off Big Brother which is one of my favourite shows in the universe Uh, but this year I hated the fact that so many people were on Twitter being like oh God, if you watch Love Island, you're this, this and this. And yeah. so why? Like mm. what? Just because I want a bit of an escapism for an hour a day into the lives of beautiful people. And also, I've cried more at Love Island last year, year, oh, last year than I did at The Notebook. Like Ooh, I, we, I'm we a, need to talk about that. I'm a sucker for love. I love love, and I just can you fall in love with someone in two days though? Because that's what's happening in Love Island at the moment. E, no, when you're locked into that situation, should, you should ask that question after Pride because the, the, the amount of people because I'll come back on married. All the lesbians will be like, no, well, you hold the, the date. Like second date yeah. was we were moving in together. Like fact, but that I, is the biggest <laughs> generalization one can ever give. And you I just stereotyped said, your I, whole community. Yeah, there. I know. But like the gay community is the most judgmental. One hundred percent. Yeah, so that's yeah. fine. 
But I think that you holiday romance. Why? That's where that's does where it, we're does going. Does it annoy you that there's no gay people on Love Island? Yes. Like, what's the story with that? If I had that body, I would be straight there, being like, "Put me on." Whereas I just look like the the the, the, the towel collector, <laughs> wandering <laughs> in, be like, "Any towels?" No, it wouldn't. It just would not happen whatsoever. That One should day. be that should be the focus for your Cork uh, Pride set. You know, any towels? No, more no, like it should, it should be your next, submission video for yeah, next year's I'm, Love I'm, Island. I'm next. Yeah, Love Island. Me and you go, and I'll watch. I'll watch then. I'll you watch come. you. You come with me and I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. Who's the dowdy woman in the corner there? <laughs> Knitting. Yeah, yeah. Watching Gilmore Girls with a crown and a sash. <laughs> like, not old. <laughs> Whilst I eat a cheese baguette. Yeah. Did you, do you get to keep the crown or did you have to give the crown? No, on? no, I keep... Yeah, there's one each year. Where so is I it? actually and do have, you put it on when you're... Oh, you don't some, drink? Yeah, for someone... <laughs> no, no, but my younger brother, Mikey, so he's this the most amazing thing. So I came back, um, uh, back home after the rose and I came down the next morning super ridiculously early and there's my brother, Mikey. Making a cup of tea with the crown on, and I was like, "Mikey, what are you meet doing?" Your brother. That is iconic. And he was like, "Well, you're not like you're just not going to wear it well enough, so I'm going to wear it." Amazing. Yeah, but yeah. I have three. I have one from Philly, uh, being crowned Philly, and then we have a small. We have like the big one oh. from the stage, and then I have a small travel one. Oh, I'm sorry, Queen Maria. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. But like, I am the most. Crown. I'm the most like tomboy, borderline like. Yeah. Just so do you watch? Do you watch the Gilmore Girls whilst hoovering your apartment with? four crowns on your head no crowns because if you do I'm going to love you forever (laughs) (laughs) do you ever just pop them on just to kind of give yourself a little bit of a I actually don't and you know it's it's really cute though when if someone comes over to the house and like they they might be younger and and, um, they're like oh you have oh you're you're the one that had the crowns and I was like yeah they're just upstairs here I'll bring them down and you see them put on Um, Conor McGregor had my crown on stop um, one year at a new uh, at a new year. She brings this up now, <laughs> but it was so bizarre because I knew who he was, but there were so many people. And then you he didn't. was like, "Can I? I'm going to try this on." So he took it off my head. He took and, it off your head. And put it on. And next thing he took off, and I was like, "Holy!" Conor the, McGregor just stole my the crown. crown. The crown is gone. And then I laughed, going like, "Well, he couldn't get too far away, but he'll come back." And he came back like an hour later, and I was like, "Oh, this is yours." Wow. Yeah, thanks. The absolute I know, I, but I was delighted too because I was like, that's can an I epic to, story. Can I come to your house someday? Yes. And like, I'm going to bring RuPaul's like, cover girl and just be like, put the base in my walk while I put the crown on <laughs> in the mirror. I think that would be iconic. We can do it. But do you a know, crowns are lovely, but I have two dents in the back of my head that I will forever have because of the crown wearing. Deal with it, princess. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're going to have to wrap up. That is all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much to my guest panellists. Tell us, though, what is coming up for the both of you in your careers in the near future? Obviously, Paul, you're going to be heading off and you're going to be emceeing everything. Yeah, Dublin, Belfast, Galway, Cork. So famous. Please don't forget us. Drogheda, I'll be everywhere over the the course of the next couple of months. You are the queen of the pride. Ah, she's trying her best. She's out to to, to do the gig, but um, I have some good stuff coming up and I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the the next couple of months. Oh, that sounds like you can't tell us what's coming up. I can't say things. Are you serious? Yes. You said you didn't have an agent. No, I don't. I'm doing everything myself, but I tell you, I'm getting out there to do it. No. Yeah, I can't say what it is. I can't say anything just yet. Can you give um, us a tiny hint? Oh, I'm like like that asshole you see on Twitter being like I have I can't tell you what it is but I've got some stuff coming up no I'm sorry I didn't mean to be that person are we going to see you regularly on the TV fingers crossed radio okay so TV we're getting warm okay is it a Love Island-esque no, show no it is or? not but if the, if the producers of Big Brother <laughs> want to phone me I'm open for anything I will I do anything I can't believe you're going to like dangle that carrot and then not tell us no the baguette stick with the okay. baguette dangle the baguette stick with the baguette okay dangle the baguette can you promise us that when 
it happens, yeah. whatever it is, that will be the first that you, you will comment be the out. First that now, I, come I don't want to hear about. that, and then you run off I to RT or Today FM. Okay, to we have I, we have four witnesses. That yeah. You just no, I that. swear to God, you will be the, where, where, if because you know what it's like until you sign until you're actually standing yeah. in front of until you see something in the television paper critical. with your name in it. You cannot you cannot judge it. So I'm at that stage where I'm like 60, 70 percent of it kind of happy. Okay. So I but I would never say anything until we're 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 there. That sounds very exciting though. Maria, tell us. Um, I have nothing as exciting. I'm. Um, I I just finished working with a Dublin Honours Magdalens event, and we we celebrated the, the many survivors of the Magdalen laundries. Um, many more to go. So finished that and doing a lot of projects like that over the next couple of months. And and then I'm judging the Rosa Truly Regional Festival this year. Really. And to top it off, which is really exciting, um, Puck Fair, which is another old festival yes. of ours, they're having their first LGBT float. I must well, there's Mayo Pride as well. Mayo, Mayo, Mayo Pride, Pride added me on Instagram the other day as well. A fair play, Mayo Pride. Yeah. We just got the broadband down there, you know. So it's a big day for the parish. Um, but yeah, things like that, little small projects like that over the next wee while. And then, fingers crossed, um, like you, like just projects that you've been working on and chipping away for become reality. And it's it's hard. Media, I mean, we all know it. Yeah. It's so fickle and it moves so fast. Um, but fingers crossed, things things kind of come Absolutely. Come solid. Well, lads, I would like to talk to you guys for the entire day, but I have to let you go, unfortunately. So, of course, Marie Walsh and Paul Ryder, thank you so much for coming in. Shane Dempsey was on sound. Dermot Cronin and Anya Leach were helping me out behind the scenes. Dermot, I remembered you. I'm Neve Marr and we'll chat to you next week. Woo-hoo.